Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Mavens, a podcast where we watch and review two movies that are related in some way. We call it a spicy double feature. The films could be related through director, actor, plot, setting, or even title. I'm one of your hosts, Annie Janes. And I'm Carson Green. And this week's double spice... Damn it. Look, I can't even... Okay, this week's spicy double feature is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Ratatouille. Both of these films have small animals controlling humans under a chef's hat. You know, I love that. I wish that there was a small animal controlling me underneath a chef's hat. I wish I could let go and let rat... Let go and let rat. I love that. Okay, tattoo that on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know what? Before we jump into this double feature, uh, Annie, (laughs) what have you been watching? I started two shows recently, one on HBO Max that I'm sure everyone has already seen the whole thing. Our flag means death. Oh, yeah. Which... Is Taika Waititi's new show. I've been a Taika fan since I had to drag my ass to the Jean Cocteau to see Hunt for the Wilder People. Whoa. The, yeah, the Jean Cocteau is a tiny art house theater an hour away from where I lived at the time. And that's how dedicated I was. Fun fact. I've seen all his older films. Yeah. I used to be the, used to work there. I used to be the social media manager. Babe, I knew it. We could have crossed paths. I bet we did. I bet we did. I wonder if we locked eyes ever (laughs) (laughs) across the room (laughs) at the Jean Cocteau in the worst chairs imaginable. (laughs) Locking eyes across the Jean Cocteau, me and who? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so started it one episode in. Not, I don't have good things to say. I hear it gets good though, so I'm gonna keep watching it. I don't want to say this to deter people, but I think that the ensemble cast bad. I don't think they drive <gasps> together. <clears throat> Nobody's funny. Oh, the whole thing isn't really funny. But I hear it gets amazing. I'm not gonna hold it against it. I think it's actually probably building to something bigger and focusing on that than jokes per minute. I'm hoping. Um, I really liked what we do in the shadows, and this is just not as funny so far but again i think it's something different and i love reese darby the main actor who was um in a lot of taika's stuff and he was in uh flight of the concords he's like the new zealand funny guy that is always like in a single scene or of a movie or a side character in a show but he steals the scene every time he's finally the main character and i'm excited about that and I will briefly say that I started the morning show on Apple TV Plus. Have you watched this? Uh, I watched season one. Um, I didn't mind it. It was entertaining, to say the least. I I feel well. I felt like it was really yeah. well paced, which I okay. I appreciate that in a show. That's all I can say. I w- I watched it because I had to broker a deal with my sister to get the Apple TV Plus <laughs> password. She said, okay, but once I give it to you, you have 24 hours to watch the first episode of the morning show. And if you don't, I'm changing the password because she really likes it. Oh, my God. Under the wire. So uh, I basically just didn't ask for the password until I had you know the, the time, time to sit down wow, to watch it. So smart. So I watched it last night and... 
Um, I like the cast. Jennifer Aniston is looking a little stiff, especially around the eyes these days. And um, I, it, it was really telling me a lot of what to feel. It wasn't really showing me a lot of what to feel. But there's this one moment I just want to shout out. Reese Witherspoon screams at the top of her lungs in anger and passion, if you remember. And I just love that you never get to see women screaming at the top of their lungs. And it brings a smile to my face, no matter the context. We just, we just are powerful. Anyway, that's all. Honestly, <laughs> that's what I've been watching. Big, big, big shout out to Reese Witherspoon. An inspiration yeah. to us all. God bless that woman. Yeah, she's just not afraid to scream at the top of her lungs. I think she did it on... Um, in, little fires everywhere and she did it wild too yeah she'll just scream and i i think a lot of women either won't or they're told not to yeah you know when they're directed yeah and i love it need more need more of it um i have heard though that it uh i haven't watched season two because i heard that it it gets not that good uh i don't know my sister's a big fan, but okay. I that's literally all I know about it, and I will continue it. I don't know how often, but I'll try. What have you been watching? I think I have to sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> all right. What have I been watching? I watched Severance on Apple TV+, Plus, which... I think I said in the last episode that I wanted to watch it. Um, it's nine episodes. When I tell you that this show is extremely my shit, like I am the target audience, me. I thought I was the target audience. The whole reason I got the Apple TV Plus password was to watch Severance, but I ran out of time last night. And I'm watching it because I thought it was going to be my shit. It's, is it going to be my shit yes. as well? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. It's got... It's so well balanced. It's so well layered. It's so... The storytelling is, like, again, beautifully paced. I think nine episodes was the perfect amount of time. There was not a single episode that I felt bored, that I wasn't paying attention. Like, they release information to us so perfectly. And... Oof everyone literally every single character is so fucked up and in like little nuances like you catch on to like this building of of like character development in all of the nuances oh my god it's so good annie i can't wait for you to watch it i watched it in two days no i started it on sunday and i finished it yesterday tuesday so three days but it was and they're hour-long episodes right um like 40 minutes 45 minutes okay um but honestly i want to watch it again um but shout out to um friends of the show girl meets show um they just released an episode on severance today i started it i didn't get to finish it but i can't wait to hear their thoughts if you have watched severance and you're listening to this and you want to hear more about severance go listen to girl meets show um yeah and you and i can do a maybe like a in-depth bonus episode about it once i watch it Ooh, i would love that because i think i want to rewatch it honestly like there's so many layers to like there's mm. so much information to dig into not unlike everything, everything. everywhere all at once should we dive yeah, right in speaking of 
speaking of rewatching things. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um everything everywhere all at once. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all of their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you, be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. Annie, would you hit me with some facts? All right, this movie hit wide release April 8th, 2022. It was written and directed by The Daniels, a.k.a. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart of Swiss Army Men. Swiss, sorry, Swiss army man which i loved that movie i own it on blu-ray everyone said it was too weird with daniel i was there yes and they also directed a lot of music videos including the turn down for what music video with the iconic robotic erection you know what i still ask that question annie turn down turn down for what philosophers have been pondering (laughs) that for decades um okay this film is starring michelle yo kai huan kai hu kwan stephanie shu jenny slate and jamie lee curtis it has a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes and uh uh-oh folks We got an A24 alert. I love that. We got one. Um, okay. I'm honestly nervous. I've been thinking about this all day. I just want to say everything on my mind, and I'm just going to forget a lot of it. And it's hard to talk about something that you love so much. Yeah. Okay, I And I want to throw it over to you cuz you've seen this film 3 times. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say like this talk about layers. This movie require it, it begs for a second viewing. I watched it a second time to to make sure that I got everything that I got the first time plus like I got some fun details and then I watched it the third time purely just to like enjoy myself to vibe to like connect with the cast to let loose let my hair down and just like let the movie envelop me and good god does it envelop okay 
this movie has so much to pay attention to. I want to start from the beginning. Okay, so the movie is... Oh, wait, did you read the synopsis? No. <laughs> I didn't even write it down. Oh, um, well, now's a good time to, d- to decide. Yeah. Are we spoiling from the get-go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, every- Okay, then I want to PSA before we jump in further. I really recommend that you folks out there see this film, and I recommend you see it before you listen to this. And I'm not saying... If you're on the fence, listen to it and let that decide. I'm just telling you to go watch it. I think everyone should see this film. Yeah. I Yeah. At this point, I think it's like required viewing. I don't want to talk to anyone who hasn't seen it. Like I like. <laughs> I, I don't want to interact with them. I don't want to look at them. You're unenlightened. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, we joke, but like it's on the level. Here's the description from IMDb. You can listen to this, but I suggest you just get out while you can. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. Okay, there's the description. Okay, so the movie from the jump asks you to hold several different subjects several different characters at one time all at once if you will Mm -hmm. i just i wrote down the the very first opening scene okay just to sort of set the tone and kind of like the pace of this movie these are the things that we as the audience and she as the main character is asked to pay specific and explicit attention to and she does okay the laundromat, the paint on the ceiling, the noodles that she's cooking for her dad, the party that she's throwing later that afternoon. She's actively doing her taxes. She's having a conversation with her husband. Her daughter shows up. Her daughter's girlfriend shows up. There's googly eyes that she has to rip off of off of bags of clothes. Um, she's switching between English and Chinese with everyone, with her daughter, her husband, her dad, her daughter's girlfriend. And then we, we as the audience, so we're all holding all of that. And then we as the audience are quickly learning the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. All of this is like the first five minutes. And I think she finds the divorce papers in the first five minutes. If I'm not mistaken. He's holding them. He's holding them. Oh, he's holding them. Yeah, yeah. But we learn that as yes. an audience. Yeah. But she's not dealing with that. Yes. She's dealing with her father, though, who we still haven't seen yet. Right? He's, like, sort of off screen. He's, like, mm-hmm. a... But he's talked about a lot. Uh-huh. We can make inferences. Yeah. And... and Okay, so go on. So that just, like, that... That scene... Like, I think that the opening scene of a movie, like, for me to get into it and for me to, like, want to continue the film, it really has to grab me. Not only did that scene grab me, it, like, f- it, like, drug me down to the bottom. It was like, let's go, bitch. Like, I think it it grabs you and it says, please keep your arms and feet inside <laughs> the ride at all times. And then this, like, locking mechanism comes over your body and presses you down uh-huh. into the seat. Uh-huh. 
and the lights <laughs> do you know it's that that's what happened it's like it's like but that but it is like kate i want to use this word chaotic but it is chaotic but yeah not in a bad way no it like in the best way possible but it's chaotic from the jump like from the very get yeah we are like <clears throat> thrown we're like tossed into chaos but the beauty of this movie is that n- uh, not at one point even when they showed up with hot dogs for fingers did i feel lost or did i feel like i wasn't set yes. up for success like you mentioned seeing it three times and saying it begs for a second viewing, but that's not to say that you can't walk into this movie and walk out knowing everything you need to know. Yeah. It, it's not confusing. It's not, you're not going to miss something that is important. It's just so layered that it's like the multiple viewings are there for fun, but you can get everything you need to know out of one viewing. You're never going to be confused. And, that's hard that to do. Chaos, yeah. And the chaos with just the ordinary life continues for the first 20 minutes or so. And when the unordinary is introduced to us, when Evelyn gets her instructions from her alpha husband, that isn't her husband, written down on the back of the divorce papers, they say, switch your shoes. Think about being in the janitor's closet And number three, I believe said, breathe, Mm -hmm. take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I had, I literally had to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, is this movie telling me to take a deep breath? Because I was like on edge. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you felt, but I was like, not nervous. I don't know the word. It it literally was like, I'm strapped in to a ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, honestly and sincerely. It, yeah. And I think like. Okay, even like that scene where they're sitting in front of Jamie Lee Curtis, like that is so, first of all, Jamie Lee Curtis gave a genius performance. I cannot commend that woman enough. Holy shit. Like, incredible. She's like a menace. She's a bully and she plays the character so well, but it's also really funny. (laughs) For her to be the like straight up sex icon that she was. Uh Uh-huh in her younger years uh-huh. like ask any dad who their celebrity crush was growing up and he's gonna say jamie lee curtis uh-huh. for her to go from that and then to have the confidence and the strength to be as like weird and oftentimes gross in this movie Dude, she was gross but she it was all on purpose and it was all hilarious she owned it she owned it, and I. She was one of my favorite parts of the film. Out of every part of the film, everything in the film is my favorite part. But shout out Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. But but, like, just all of this, right? Just all of this. This is like really a lot. It's like very. I wouldn't say it's intense yet. I mean, you're saying you were on the edge of your seat. I think it's building. Like, it builds really nicely. Yeah. It gives us tension really. Like, it 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 was building and building and building. And this is all, like, ordinary, like you said. And Yeah, where it's not into the, the weirdness yet. Right. And I think for, for a film to grab me in both parts, like, in in the ordinary and in the weird like that 
that's not that's not often am i like fuck yeah like i like i could watch the opening to that movie over and over and over you know when you see a movie that has like the ordinary and the extraordinary Mm -hmm. and that's so many movies but usually once you're in the extraordinary you do not want to go back to the ordinary when you're back in the ordinary you know it's bad news and you're bored in this film the the minute she gets back to her original self i was like oh shit i'm actually really curious how the taxes are going like i was invested in that yeah even though she's like multi-dimensionally ripping herself apart When we finally cut, when she finally figures out how to get back to her original self, I was like, yes, like, how is the divorce, how is this divorce paper thing going? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's telling, it's telling so many different stories at once. And speaking of, okay, I want to, I want to make, I want to pose this question to you. Yes. Okay, so on the surface, this is like an action sci-fi multiverse kung fu sci-fi right but what would you say are the themes of this film themes not genres right yeah yeah okay there's a lot and i actually wrote down all of them and i wrote down the ones that resonated with me and then i wrote down the ones that gus brought up that resonated with him oh my god i can't wait to talk about it okay hit me I'll just start with this, and if you have, if you agree, jump in. Tell me how it resonates with you. Here's one. The first one, that the biggest one to me, and this is not the biggest of the film, I don't think, is the mother daughter relationship. Oh, the biggest one to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn, the mother character, has the ability. To say the most hurtful thing at the worst time is so my mom <laughs> and mm-hmm. moms, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think it would be in the film if everyone didn't look at that and relate to her daughter crying out for help and her mother saying, you're fat. Like, yeah. Uh, and then... Especially Michelle Yeoh's, the way she knows what she's supposed to say and refuses to say it is such a mom thing where I can like see my mother's wheels turning. Yeah. And, but planting her feet and refusing to apologize. Uh huh. Yeah. In the moment. What, why do we all have this universal experience? What is this? It's, I hate it. And I can see my mom like thinking about like, okay, what's the right thing? What's the right, wrong thing? Okay, I should say sorry. And then she goes, actually, I'm going to like use an excuse. And you know what? A big excuse she uses, I'm going to segue into the next theme. Generational trauma. Mm. Well, my mom did blah, blah, blah. Oh my fucking God, Annie. How did we have the exact same experience? I think it's because everyone did. And then they made this movie... And this movie feels like it's looking at you and looking at me in the eyes and saying, you need this. But in reality, everyone relates to it. And I bet if I showed my mom, she would say the same things about her mom. Okay. Two things I want to, before you segue, two things I want mm-hmm. to touch on here. Um, number one, did you cry? I got 
teary-eyed, and I think a tear came out at a specific line mm-hmm. that I'll bring up later, or should I just say now? Yeah, say it. Okay. Well, the first teary-eyed moment was when the family, Evelyn, Wayland, not Wayland, Waymond, and Joy were in the, like, secret sex room of the office, mm-hmm. and... Michelle Yeoh starts to, Evelyn starts to speak to her daughter. She starts to like, I think, I think she's about to apologize. And she says things like, hey, I recognize that like mentally you're having a hard time right now. And like, I'm, might be the cause of some some of that. And she starts to get into that. And I was like, whoa, we're already doing this. And then I forget what happens, but she's interrupted or she like changes her mind. But even her starting to do that, I was already getting emotional. The other part was when, I mean, their final confrontation in the parking lot Mm -hmm. was another teary-eyed, misty-eyed moment for me. But the, the, the moment that hit me the hardest is when Waymond... We're in the Wong Kar Wai verse, which is in the Mood for Love verse, mm-hmm. when uh, she's like a famous actress mm-hmm. and she never married Waymond. Mm-hmm. In their final confrontation of that universe, the payoff or the resolution of that universe, because every universe literally has like a full structure to it. An answer, if you will. A question yes. and answer. In that one, there's a line, which is my favorite line. And we're going to do favorites later, but I'll say it here now because it deserves to be said over and over again, is when he, she's like, she says to her husband, who in this universe is not her husband, they never got married, they never moved to America, and she became famous. Mm-hmm. All of her hopes and dreams she had. Mm-hmm. And she's living life as a failure in the normal universe that we're watching. She turns to him and is like, like, this is amazing. We should have never been together. And he says to her, like, that's the antithesis of this. But later on, he says to her, like, it would have been my honor just to be with you and do laundry and taxes. Uh, that line floored. I was floored. What's so, so, I can't wait to share my favorite line with you. But. Okay, what parts made you cry? Okay, Annie. Okay, so I I feel like if you, listeners and Annie, I think I'm not really like a huge crier in movies. Like I don't really, I don't ever really get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, that's totally valid. However, <laughs> this movie. Okay, so the mom Evelyn goes to grab onto Joy to pull her out of the bagel. Mm-hmm. And then she feels suddenly a stability. And then she looks back oh. and her dad is grabbing onto her. And then below him, Waymond is holding onto him. And like, and then the camera pulls out and then we see all four of them on the stairs. When I tell you, I openly wept. Like wet, like, like wet tears. Like, <gasps> And then and then it just continued for the whole rest of the movie. Like I was just in tears. <laughs> and the, I never stopped. <laughs> for the last sincerely like the last 15 minutes of the movie like I was just in tears like th- all three times that I watched it. And I wonder I wonder if like 
okay, now I'm just like pathologizing myself, but I wonder <laughs> if like because I don't really cry at movies, I really liked that feeling. And so I wanted to feel it two more times. Maybe so. Yeah. You know how you sometimes need a good cry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, that scene, the part that like hit me in the feels was when we saw Gung Gung grabbing. Because yeah. it was like him. To mm-hmm. me, that was him realizing that he is also a source of trauma. Right. And and, and you go. he is like part of the family like he can no longer deny her he can mm-hmm. no longer you know say you're not my daughter he is like yes. okay you are my daughter and that is my granddaughter and I, we are a family that's what i read out but of it another emotional part for me speaking of that is like when evelyn confronts gung gung and she's like well does she confront him or is she talking to joy you'll remember this stuff but where she says like i don't know how like, why was it so easy for you to let me go? Oh, yeah, that was she was confronting him. And like, I cannot do that to you, Joy, basically. Like, well, like my father made that mistake. I'm not making that mistake with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like that's a whole part of like that was like the last 15 minutes because she was yeah. having that conversation with him at the party. But then like she was acting in the other universe where the bagel was. Right. Right. So it was like she was having, she was like realizing things. She was everywhere. She was everything everywhere all at once in that moment. And oh my God, it was so. Okay, the second, the second thing that I wanted to bring up um, to this point was that the strongest theme that I resonated with was the mother-daughter relationship. And I almost suggested the double feature be, even though we've already done this, Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Yeah. That was my thought too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was my thought watching the film. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, shit, we've already done it. It's funny. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is also kind of similar in that there are there is a message of things are bad but they're never as bad as the good things. Yeah. And at the end of Eternal Sunshine it's like they're like we're destined to break up again. Why should we why should we do this? And they're like cuz the love part is worth it even if we break up. And it, and that's it's not saying that here but they're saying like life is bad but the good parts outweigh the bad basically. In the most simplified version. Oh my um, god. It's so good. And I'll touch yeah, I want to touch on that theme again later, but two more themes that I noticed that resonated with me were failure. Yeah. I this one I like I'm still wrestling with, but like I all the time I'm constantly depressing myself by just thinking about what I should have done and oh. what I could have been and comparing myself to not only others in the world, but other instances of myself, if I had done this, 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 and this movie supposes all those versions of yourself are real. And then it's like, now I'm comparing myself to the successful versions of myself. And I live in this shitty universe. To me, I'm like, I'm right there with Evelyn. I'm right in step with her. But to hear Wayman say like, like, no, doing laundry and taxes is like, bomb (laughs) you know yeah i think it like it really wants to say that 
no matter what choices you make in your life, like there will always be things to cherish. There will always be good moments and you can't make all of the decisions all at once. You cannot, like you have to choose. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, I think like I also picked up on this theme, less like failure and more like non-starter. Um, like, you know, like dream, having dreams and then not acting oh, on them. Yeah. Which it, to me so. in a way is like, I think that's a, bigger thing like i think that's more failure than trying and failing the just like yeah because you don't even try yeah but it's still failure but right worse. yeah I, oh that scene it's really funny but it's also very sad because like you know you're thinking about yourself in this moment where wayman i think it's alpha wayman is like confronting her and he's like you are your worst version of yourself yes and i'm like i'm living my worst life is what i'm thinking and but he but like eventually we learn like being the worst version of herself doesn't mean she's less capable to literally save the world or you know right as she is in this movie like uh-huh. it is honestly like her superpower that was very interesting yeah because she had never committed to anything other than like her misery maybe and so and her family and her family yeah so she had never committed to anything so because of that like she was a great receptor for like all of these skills that she needed to grab onto rapidly right like it i love how that theme also explains the mechanics and the rules of the sci-fi in the show or in the movie yes i have one more theme i'm just gonna throw it out there is just hopelessness depression mental health bucket with the daughter Mm -hmm. um thinking to me that resonates with me thinking everything is so fucked up why do i bother you know the disparity of it all yeah um and we've already touched on what the movie says about that gus i wanted can i share what gus resonated with please do yeah so i invited him I didn't tell you this, but I was like, hey, you want to be on the show, at least for this part of the movie? Yeah. Because I think it'd be awesome to hear your perspective on it as like an Asian American. And he said, no, thank you. He said, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, no, I don't think I'll. No, I don't think I will. Um, Gus, if you're um, hearing this, if you're listening to this right now, I wish you would have agreed. Yeah. Okay. I said, that's okay. I also sprung it on him really last minute. Mm. Um, I won't touch on all the Asian American stuff like that's there i suggest if you want to hear a really good take on that listen to the film cast podcast review of this film um they go into it a ton and it's really awesome but i will touch on the production design being like very on point with just like asian immigrant grandparents gus's grandparents are also chinese and their house looks exactly like that (laughs) Um, and one he brought up that I kind of did not even notice, didn't really think too much about, but I love is the rejection of toxic masculinity from, from Waymond because, and nobody's dogging on him for being this except for Evelyn. Like Evelyn and Waymond have, are like kind of, he wants to get a divorce from her. And he's this, like, happy-go-lucky dude, mm-hmm. and she sees him as, like, bringing her down. Weak. A goof. Yeah. Who's, like, good for nothing. 
And eventually he has like his resolution, one of my favorite parts, which is like, hey, me being happy-go-lucky is 100% intentional. It is my strategy in life. Mm -hmm. Because when the going gets tough, like, I want to just like see the good at all times. Mm -hmm. It's like what I want to aspire. I want to aspire to be Wayman, basically. Me too. And he's like a soft man who's nice and kind that was his message is just to be kind and that's mm -hmm. how he won every time was through kindness and mm -hmm. gus said that resonated with him Aww. as a quieter softer dude and i'm like yes yeah. i love that oh my god gus is kind <laughs> <laughs> any other uh themes that resonated with you um We cover them all. There's so many. And there is so many. I think like I really enjoyed um, like the sort of um, rather than give up, um, like fight, you know, like we saw that time. We saw that over and over again with the taxes, with the marriage, with um, her, you know, like um, trying and like uh sort of slipping in terms of like being everywhere everything oh, right. all at once saving the world in terms of saving the world yeah right like yeah. like her world I guess. like like not giving up i think is yeah. like another huge message and uh god i don't know what a beautiful movie um and, and yes i want to hear your thoughts about so you sort of a little bit touched on it in terms of set design. But I want to hear your thoughts about the mechanics of this film. What did you what did you like about what it looked like? Like the technical side of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. It just it was super well done yeah. and I don't know it it certainly has a look to it. Mhm. Mm that I like and all of their stuff, the Daniel stuff has this very similar look. Um, but I, I love that. Like the effects were simple and they didn't get, <laughs> it sounds crazy cause it's such a flashy movie, but they didn't get flashy with it. Like when they're transitioning from world to world, they're just cutting and maybe it's a match cut where a graphic match where like, the people in the frame match, but they're not doing like, they're not over editing this shit. And in the film itself, they also like, didn't get too technical, right? Like they're, they're looking at like basic cell phones. They're using like yeah. old school Bluetooth. Head <laughs> yeah. Headsets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought all that was great. Like, it's funny. They know when to go simple and they know when to go all out. And they describe this film as being maximal maximalist, which is very validating yeah. to me because I, in my line of work, where who I work for, rather, I am constantly make, working on maximalist films. Mm -hmm. And for... A maximalist film to be made and be popular and to be effective and work it's just very validating yeah that's what i if i could speak to them i would want to speak to that honestly 
um, I, I, I just want to tell you, I want to tell you like what my sort of favorite like thing effect. Are we going to call it that? Should we call it that? I don't know what it is. Tell me what it is. And then <laughs> okay. We'll call it okay. So it's like um, we are in the third act. No, we are on the precipice of the third act. We're almost there. And um, it is when we get to part three all at once. So the film is set up in three parts. Everything, everywhere, all at once. So we're getting to all at once. And it's when she, she like kind of is able to grasp onto everything and everywhere. And then we get like, I want to say it's like 30 seconds of just this flash of all her, all of her faces. Every, like, it's just a big screen of just her face, but it's every version of herself, everywhere, everything. Oh my God, I could not look away. Like I want, I want someone somewhere to put together like a poster of all every single image that we see because it is so rich there is Mm -hmm. so much to look at and it and like for it to i mean like it's like a half a second that the viewer sees that but they like not even imagine it's like four frames probably i want to go frame by frame yeah through that because like i probably got 20 percent of them Right. I know. And you know what? Both both rewatches on the second and the third rewatch, I was like, uh, because on the first one, I was just looking at her eyes. And so then on the second one, I was like, OK, I'm going to look at the background. I couldn't I could not take my eyes off of her eyes like I just same thing. <laughs> the third watch, I was like, OK, I'm at least going to look at like her mouth. Nope. Couldn't do it. It was all in the eyes. Like it's her performance. Like she's just she's so captivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what word to call that. I don't know. Did you ever see Bo Burnham's piece on Netflix? No. There's this part where he like does a lot of setups and everyone was like, oh my God, like how much work he put into that. And there's probably like 10 of them versus this. I mean, I know he did that alone, but still there's there had to have been like 50. Yeah. At least a hundred. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, so you mentioned like the genres of this Mm -hmm. film Mm -hmm. and I would call it first and foremost, probably a sci-fi. Ooh, what would the second one be? Would it be action or comedy to you? Uh, I, I would call it an action first. Like a fantastical action movie. I, to me, it's more sci-fi because of the multiverse thing. The action it is, but it's not like a Mad Max where it's like the whole damn movie is action. Comedy. Okay. Anyways, it's sci-fi. It's action. It's comedy. It's heartfelt drama. Uh-huh. This movie does all those genres better than movies that have one of those genres. You ain't lying. Yeah. Not like better. Like, it's not like the action is better than Mad Max. It's like there are action movies coming out that are just action movies. And it's the action in those movies is worse than in this film. I just want to bring up one scene. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) we're in the office. We're back in the office. It's okay. Which we're there for 
most of the film if you think about it Uh uh-huh which i fuck with it 80 percent of that the movie's probably in that office okay it's og evelyn og evelyn okay and um she is fighting this guy and then both like both of their things fall out their bluetooth devices fall out and so then they lose their abilities from the other universes that they were pulling from and so they like go to to do another jump path and his jump path which you have to have a like you have to do something that is out of the realm not of possibilities but is very improbable which i love that logic let me just say Uh that like Every time you make a decision, uh, there's a path in the multiverse that starts that has you that made the opposite decision mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So for you to jump from one version of yourself to a version of yourself that made 20,000 different decisions, mm-hmm. you need to make a decision that is so nonsensical it can jump you to that other version of yourself. For instance, the first one in the film oh my God. is... Wayman takes out a no, 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 stick the fir- of chapstick. The first one is she put her shoes on sideways, backwards. We didn't opposite. know. Uh, yeah, that is first. We just didn't know what that yeah, was. Yeah. So the easiest one. Yeah, Evelyn puts her shoes on the wrong feet. They get. That's the tamest one, though. The next one is Wayman. Like un. He takes out chapstick and he opens it all the way. Like he twirls it so the it's out all the way and he takes a bite of it and eats it. Uh, uh. Um. Anyway, so I just love that sci-fi logic. Me too. And, and it's fed to us really well. It's given to us really well. It's like, oh, okay, this is not that serious. It's and it, But it lets us be confused about it, yeah. too. Oh, and yeah. then it explains it. And then you feel smart and you uh-huh. love it. Anyway. It's so, goofy. So your favorite fight scene. Okay, my favorite They've fight lost scene. their jump paths. Yes. They need to get a new one. Uh-huh. And so the guy that she's fighting... Um, his jump path is that he has to sit on the butt plug award. Which Jamie Lee Curtis has received several of. Uh-huh. Because... What did she say? Oh, she says, um, you don't get all of these, and she points to her butt plugs, without seeing a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> and the reveal of them, I think the audience gasped. Oh when my god, we, there was heat. So I went to my first showing was in IMAX and it was a full theater. There was so it was there was so much emotion in that theater. You could feel it. It was palpable. Um anyway, so he's going to sit on a butt plug award. And then like Evelyn won't she like keeps moving it and she's like, fuck no, you're not gonna sit on this butt plug. Like you're not gonna get it. And then this guy he jumps in into frame <laughs> with like a big blur around his crotch and he has the biggest butt plug award. <laughs> because that was his jump path. And then and then they proceed, the three of them proceed to have a great fight. Like I I thoroughly enjoyed that fight. They and I really liked that the movie sort of leaned into this goofiness, but not only that, this like perversion, like yeah. you know. But it it didn't it it didn't feel gross. It wasn't no, weird. It was just it like, somehow was tasteful. Yeah, <laughs> right. and the shot where like she realizes she can take uh huh both because oh, then yeah. another. 
bad guy comes and he's sitting on a, tr- a different trophy, I guess. She realized she can take them both out of their asses at the same time in one move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds, if you're listening and you haven't seen this movie for some reason, this sounds stupid, but it's amazing. It's li- it's quite literally insane. It, this movie is not sane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, so that was my um, favorite action. So, since we brought up Lady Bird, yeah, I want to talk about how similar to when I saw Lady Bird, the first thing I thought is, "Hey, my mom should see this." Oh man! And I showed it to her, and I don't think she liked it. I kind of don't remember, but I remember being like disappointed. Um, I really want, I really want my mom to see this for a number of reasons. One, show her how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Two, let her connect with the main character who makes the same mistakes as her. Uh-huh. Okay. In Lady Bird, the mom was a bit of a villain. Mm-hmm. In this, no, she's the main character and you see mm-hmm. where this kind of bad behavior stems from Mm -hmm. so you can like empathize with it Mm -hmm. and i just love that idea like i can it seems so easy to make joy the main character of this film but they didn't they made evelyn the main character Mm -hmm. and number three it's set in simi valley it's on a news it's just the only time you see that i think is on um the tv when we find out about the tax irs office attack Mm. and that's where my mom grew up But I'm honestly too afraid to show it to her because if she doesn't like it, I will be devastated. And she does this thing where she just doesn't, I can be like, mom, this is my favorite thing in the world. She'll be like, I hate it. And she won't be afraid to say that. And two, if she doesn't like it, in my mind, it's her literally saying goodbye to me, go enter the bagel. Like that's her (laughs) way of just like, I don't care. Go enter the bagel. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, like when, when in the movie, when uh, Joy is like, "Let me go," and and she says, "Okay." Yeah. To me, my mom being like, "Yeah, I didn't like this movie." Would be like her being like, "Okay, you can go." <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay, it's interesting that you said that your first reaction to Lady Bird was, "I want my mom to see this." I, After maybe my sister, but yes. I never want my mom to watch that movie, but I I walked out of it, and I think to spare her feelings, but I walked out of it, and I thought, I need to call my mom. And that's how I felt with this movie. And I told her, like, I did talk to her um after maybe the second viewing and i was telling her oh yeah i'm going to watch this movie tonight i've already seen it twice (laughs) but i was telling her about it and she like she seemed really interested in what i had to say and that to me was enough like you don't have Mm. to watch this just the fact that like you are showing interest in my interest this is fine and but i i i like made a point to have this conversation very similarly to how you want to show it to her i just wanted to have the conversation Mm. yeah it's it's hard like if i told my mom about it she'd be like that sounds terrible (laughs) or i show it to her and there's one thing she doesn't like so now she's gonna be off the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. so i'm like like that 
God, and sh- she's so close-minded. Mm. I just want... I honestly want to, her to watch this to be like, open up. Yeah. And I want her to watch it because I'm like, I want to make movies. And what if I make something like this? Yeah. Sit down and buckle up. I don't uh, know. Okay, but you also, Annie, you can make a movie like that. You don't need her <laughs> validation because you got mine, okay? Yeah. As your podcast co-host, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy it's what joy said it's like you she doesn't this i'm heavily paraphrasing here mm-hmm. she's like you piss me the fuck off but i literally will search the multiverse for you mm-hmm. just to show you what i see in the hopes that you see what i see because that's literally what she does and that's another reason of me wanting to show my mom because like I am mom. And if maybe I could explain this to her, like, mom, I am joy bringing you to the bagel (laughs) to be like, Hey, this is neat. Am I right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, we haven't spoke on the rock moment. Okay. Honestly, it's really up there with my favorite moment. I cannot tell you. Okay. So I, I laughed. I cried. I screamed. I want to tell you the the moment that I screamed. All three times I screamed at at the same moment all three times. But from a rock. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> but from the rock, I laughed harder than I have laughed in such a long time. It was so well-timed. It was so well-written. It was such a beautiful scene. Like mm-hmm. looking over this vista, it was so stunning. And it was just so it was goofy like again it was goofy but heartfelt and funny what part made you scream oh my god okay there's this jump path oh you know (laughs) this is my favorite one if i think i already know what you're gonna say and it's my favorite okay so there's this jump path that alpha wayman has to go through where he has to give himself paper cuts in between four all four of his fingers four of his fingers i was talking about a whole different jump path Oh my god, I can't wait to hear that one. Okay, but that, like, literally, when I tell you, like, I felt it in my bones. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so much. I felt so deeply. I screamed, Annie. At which one? The last one or the first one? All of it. All of it. All five. All of it. And then the worst fucking part is that there was no payoff. There was no payoff. The jump path did not work oh god you're right it was all for naught oh. everyone in the theater was like jump jumping like it was a jump scare i swear i was and scr- everyone was like oh, oh. i was <laughs> screaming <laughs> um what's your favorite jump path okay my favorite jump path was when gung gung is has a bit of snot on his face oh gross <laughs> and Evelyn like leans in and it I it's like a tender fucking moment. It has been tender up until now. So I'm thinking it's nice. Ugh. The whole audience is. She wipes it off of his face and Ugh. I'm like, that's sweet. And I think she's being sweet. And then she puts it and rubs it around his teeth. Ugh. Just rubs it around. And everyone went, ah! in that, that moment. <laughs> that one was I think my favorite because I didn't see it coming. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't know she was trying to jump. Uh-huh. And um, it was just the last thing I would have expected her to do with snot. And I don't know. <laughs> it was really fucking funny. 
Um, let's go through some more favorites. Yeah, I'm so ready. All right, ready? Yeah. Hit me with your favorite performance. My favorite performance. Um, I think. Oh God, that's really it's difficult because it's a tie between all three of them: Wayman, Evelyn, and Joy. I think though, um, Joy gives the most moving performance. She was incredible. They all were. Yeah. No, like literally incredible. Like I felt really warmed by Wayman's performance. I felt like that was like a hug. I obviously was incredibly impressed by the range and just like sheer talent of Evelyn. But I think the performance that, that I was really deeply moved by was Joy's. Hmm. It's funny. It is a four-way tie somehow between the four leads. Um, Are you, you're talking about Jamie Lee. I'm including Jamie Lee. Lindsay's. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the two Ooh, she, that she does give a great performance though. <laughs> the two that stand out for me are Jamie Lee Curtis and Wayman's. And but if I had to choose one, I would choose Wayman because mostly because I think he what he says is what he says. I need to hear. Yeah. And he quit acting since being in the Goonies and being in Indiana Jones and for him to come back and like give such a performance. And then in the fight scenes, I'm fairly positive. That's him. Like we're just looking wide Mm -hmm. on him and Mm -hmm. he just to kick ass in that way. I didn't expect him to be that big of a deal in this film based on the trailers. I just thought it was going to be all Evelyn Mm-hmm. And I then when the film started, I thought, OK, it's all Evelyn and all joy. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just such a surprise and delight for me. So I would choose him. But I want Oscars for everyone. I do, too. I um, but I will say. Wayman was my favorite character, um, but Joy's okay. performance was. It was your favorite. Yeah. God tier. OK, next favorite. Yeah. Your favorite joke. My favorite joke. Okay, um, I mean, Rakakuni was pretty fucking good. I think, like, the whole... Okay, so we get a plan and payoff here. So it's... Evelyn is trying to describe to OG Evelyn and OG Wayman and OG Joy. And I'm saying that in, like, they're in the first universe that we start yes. in. Um, OG Evelyn is telling the OGs what she's experiencing and what she's going through. And she's trying to describe the movie Ratatouille. But she cannot grasp onto it being a rat. Instead, she's convinced that it's a raccoon. And then, lo and motherfucking behold, like three universes later, we see a raccoon (laughs) hidden under a chef's hat. And I have to ask, did you catch the tail? You've seen it three times. Uh-huh. The first time we see Evelyn uh, doing like hibachi. Oh. oh, I saw it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Me uh-huh. too. Uh-huh. And my friend, I was sitting next to my friend Chandler and he looked at me. And, or we looked at each other like, did you just see the tail? And we thought that was going to be it. I, we thought it was like going to be that quick of a joke. Uh-uh. But then later, no, she walks Evelyn of the hibachi grill universe, walks in. Mm-hmm. and the chef is cooking with the raccoon on his head pulling his hair and it doesn't end there 
the whole uh-huh. thing has an arc. Yeah. And one of my favorite jokes, this isn't my favorite, this is probably my second favorite, is when, like, she's consoling that chef after the raccoon gets detained. And he's saying, like, I didn't know how to spin an egg until Rakakuni <laughs> was in my life. <laughs> You know what? And then there's a there's a final moment of yes. in the OG universe that guy is also there who is like that version of himself in that universe and she jumps on his on his shoulders in OG universe and <laughs> is using his body to, to fight, fight other people. Oh my yes. god, it was so And she and she lets him get on her shoulders to save the raccoon. Uh-huh. In that universe. Um, okay, my favorite joke, I think, I mean, it's hard. I, I've i seen it once, and this was my memory. Like, I'd love to watch it again and look out for favorites. But off of the top of my head, it's in the sausage universe when, oh or God. hot dog universe. Uh-huh. When Evelyn, actually, we start on the piano, and Jamie Lee Curtis is playing the piano with her toes. And, and she, she has the brace. And she has an arthritis <laughs> brace on her foot. And then, okay. This is just like the language of humor already. Just like, I love it. And Evelyn walks in and Jamie Lee Curtis like puts her feet away all fast. And and then Evelyn goes, don't stop. (laughs) I don't know why, but playing that fully seriously just killed me. And another really subtle moment, like, or like quick joke when Jamie Lee Curtis leaves she like picks up her suitcase with her foot and that's the first time we saw see them use their feet and she like she hobbles out but the suitcase is so low in the frame it's like you could de- you could definitely miss it i don't yeah. know oh that was so funny i um, i found myself laughing a lot this was like again funnier than most comedies i've ever seen i've uh-huh. laughed more at this than i have in a long time oh my god me too remember when i was just telling you that i don't like comedies but i like this movie <laughs> <laughs> this genre of comedy this is entirely my shit yes and uh my favorite action moment you touched on your the butt plug fight scene honestly that was probably the best like whole set piece of it all but a quick moment i loved when gung gung was first introduced as being a part of this whole multiverse madness and he alpha just like gung z- gung. alpha gung gung he zooms by <laughs> and he's a blur and then like we whip and we realize that was gung gung like he, i think he takes out joy in the first uh-huh. the first time they fight i thought that was just brilliant that um, was really good yeah okay uh, favorite oh sorry go ahead there's another moment um the when evelyn very first jumps when we're in the stairs um while jamie lee curtis yes. is this is the professional the wrestler yes <gasps> beautiful moment incredible moment and she hits her with the that oh my god you know what's Takes another great moment is when she mm-hmm. gets her pinky muscles <laughs> <laughs> yes and that jump path was snorting a fly uh-huh yeah it sure <laughs> I was. could i could literally sit here with you for the entire length of the movie and then and just be like and then this happened uh-huh. and then this happened uh-huh. and then this happened and then we could just laugh about it and enjoy it like i could just do that oh <laughs> uh, yeah um okay favorite line what is yours okay i wrote it down let me see okay Alpha Wayman says this. Um, and I don't remember the context of this. I wish I did. But 
just know Alpha Wayman says this. Okay, he says, Right is a tiny box invented by those who are afraid. Oh, I remember. I remember that line. I don't remember when he says it, but that oh, is so, it was a like, good one. That is so poetic. I wrote it down because I want to apply that to my life. Like I want to, I want to subscribe to the idea that I don't have to be right. Yeah. I ju- I just have to be fearless. I don't have to be right. We live in a society. We live in a society. Yeah. Uh, and I'm terrified of being wrong. Yeah, right. But it, it well, it holds you back. It uh-huh. holds me back all the time yeah that's a beautiful i mean there's so much to learn from this movie <laughs> yes straight up even just from starting a podcast i'm like mm, i'll be wrong about everything mm. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> just have to be fearless okay favorite outfit okay it's a tie between um when she is wearing the elvis get up and she has the pink glitter down the part of her hair. She has a pig. She has a pig. Uh-huh. It's a tie between that outfit, which as soon as she came into frame, I was like, that's my fucking Halloween costume. Hands down. <laughs> I'm putting the pink glitter in my hair. I'm going to carry around a stuffed pig. Everybody watch out. Okay. In my six friend, months. <laughs> my friend said the same thing. He said like, okay, how many Halloween costumes are we going to get out of that? Oh, not out of that one specifically, just out of the movie. Oh, my God. It's incredible. Okay, it's a tie between that one and then um, it's another one of hers. Um, do you remember? I want to say this is like Moschino jacket where it has like the full teddy bears attached oh, to it. Oh, right. Like yes. it's like ne- it's like lime green and like pink. It's like very neon. Mm-hmm. And there's full teddy bears attached to it oh my god i need that jacket i need it i don't i've i've forgotten a lot of her outfits i mean the best outfits have to be hers like but there's this one moment where she has like red eyeshadow and like pearls around her eyes does this ring a bell um it's towards the end i'm before she's a clown i'm picturing the pearls when she's in all white at and she's and she's at the bagel it's a different one, I think. I don't know, though. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I mean, the clown one was awesome. Probably the Elvis one. Yeah. But here's a little costume plug for you mm-hmm. that Gus pointed out to me. The visors that people are wearing mm-hmm. in the bagel universe, mm-hmm. those are like extremely popular face shields in China. Yeah. And when Gus visited China, they were everywhere. And then he went to visit his grandparents in San Francisco, and he noticed them there, too, when they were in Chinatown. Uh And I love that subtle pull of Um, just those face shields. You know what? We see Joy the first time we see her as, what's the name? Jubo? I don't remember. Her altar. The first time we see her altar... Um, is when she like sh- shows up at the OG office when um, Evelyn is laying almost dead in the janitor's closet. And she is wearing a, a mask, a face mask. And sh- not not once, but twice in that scene, she's wearing a face mask. And I was like, okay, mm. we're integrating that. We're doing that. Yes. And then I did notice the face shields too. 
I, but they just cool. wear that. Uh-huh. Like when Gus visited China, he was like 12. So they just like have been wearing that. <laughs> it's it's not even a COVID thing. Um, no, but I like it. Yeah, me too. I also one of the first Evelyn or excuse me, one of the first joys we see, like we don't even see her face, but she has like a really curly gray haired wig. Like she's an old lady and she has like uh-huh. a typical old Asian lady outfit on. She's that wearing really a face cute. mask. She's wearing a mask. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, favorite. Um, Pat. Which which part? Sorry, excuse me. Which part was your favorite? Um. Okay. Everything, everywhere, or all at once. Part one, two, or three. Um. I'm gonna say my favorite part was everywhere. I really liked. I really liked jumping and learning about all of these different iterations of Evelyn like I really liked the very quick backstory we get with the singer right Mm -hmm. like this is blind Evelyn who has now become a famous singer which I heard okay I heard that Michelle Yeoh has a pop song out from many many years ago and they asked her to sing IRL and she was like no I'm not gonna do it so it's a lip syncer but it could have been her because apparently she's a great singer Um, I don't blame her I don't blame her but it's so and then we get like the pinatas this is where we get the rocks this is where we get this is where we're first introduced to the bagel and like we see the alpha universe you know we're like we're we're going everywhere and Mm -hmm. that was like that was really fun that was thrilling that was like it was really well paced it was exciting and it yeah i i that was my favorite what's your favorite part can you remind me how part two ended um it's when it's it's that final shot of all of her faces where she kind of what about um, story wise oh we're at the party it ends at the party she becomes all at once when we finally arrive at the party at the uh new year's party okay then i think the third one is my favorite because yeah. the the culmination of her learning from wayman to be kind and to use that as mm-hmm. her only way out of this pickle to mm-hmm. get joy back. And it's the way he solved the tax problem mm-hmm. uh, was just so fulfilling. And her final resolution with Jamie Lee Curtis and just them vaping together <laughs> is my whole world. Outside of the laundromat. Yeah. There was and when Jamie Lee for Jamie Lee Curtis says, when my husband served me papers, I drew, I drew, drove his Kia Forte through the kitchen or whatever it is she says. Her neighbor's kitchen. Oh, her neighbor's kitchen. Uh, so yeah, part three for me. Um. Okay. There's a moment. I think part three starts, at least in my mind, it starts. So we're in the OG universe and whoever says open fire I think it was Gung Gung, maybe, says open fire. And so everybody, all of these people, like, start launching bullets at Evelyn. And she, That's in the third act. Yeah, this is, like, the very start of the third act. And the, yes. way, the way that I, like, recognize this is because there's a bullet that's coming directly into her forehead. She stops the bullets, 
and she turns them into googly eyes and then she Mm -hmm. sticks the googly eye where the bullet would have gone and to me Annie as the person that I am I was like oh shit this bitch just opened up her third eye exactly she's everywhere she's everything everywhere all at once she did it yeah I I read the same way I think we're supposed to read that I think that is the payoff to the googly eyes is her becoming enlightened so to speak Mm -hmm. so Um, beautiful okay I have one critique go on My critique is, it's not even a critique. It's more of an observation. Maybe it's a little bit of a critique. At the beginning, when we first get introduced to this multiversal madness from Alpha Raymond, Waymond, I keep wanting to call him Raymond. Yeah. Um, he, like, explains the danger of whatever Joy's other name was that I've completely forgot about until you just reminded me. that Jobu Tabaki. Jobu Tabaki. Um, and the threat is like, she's going to bring down our, the whole universe or whatever. And it pivots from that to something else. It pivots to, well, she wants to save Joy and it's like at something bigger. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Something about that, like, I was on board for that, but I didn't love that either. I was like, ah, I can see where this is going. But then it pivoted, and then from once the moment it pivoted, I was, like, fully in love. But Mm -hmm. that beginning, something was a little rough, and the fact that I forgot that Joy even had another name, I don't know why that's there. Hmm. Guess I need to watch it again. Yeah, I think so. Um, It's not even a critique so much as a question. You know, it's because... Nobody knew why she made the bagel. Nobody knew what she was doing. Gung Gung didn't know. Alpha Wayman didn't know. They had no idea what her motivations were. Which was fine. But why did she have another name? It's almost as if they didn't want us to know know it was Joy, right? To reveal oh, that it was I Joy? see. I see. Because everybody had the same name in every universe. I think maybe they gave her a villain name. Right? Because she has this villain origin story. Yeah. Maybe it was like to separate her from the joy they knew. Yeah. I, Dude. for one, I liked I, I liked the name. Mm. When they're like, wait, if that's not Jobu Tabaki, then where is she? And she's outside of Alpha Wayman's RV. And he's like clutching the urn of Evelyn which they don't really draw attention to. And the fact, then when he snaps back on the brink of death and he's like, well, I was happy to have cherished another moment with you. The yeah. sentiment of like, she's already dead and he like got to spend time with her again right before he died. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Beautiful. Another great outfit is Jobu Tabaki in the alpha world whenever she kills alpha women. Incredible what? outfit. It was like a green raver of sorts. What was she, that? It was like party hats with like fuzz balls and like tassels all over her body. How fun for her to just get to play dress up Dude. in the best outfits. And Inc- she did so good. Oh, she did so good. I don't want to say incredible. she just play dress up. Um, okay. Yeah. We're getting to the end of it all. Yeah. Is this your favorite movie of all time? Where Where is this for you right now? Okay. I just... 
Um, before I say this, I want to preface this by saying for probably, I don't know, five years, my favorite movie was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah, this was like when in early teens, I want to say mm-hmm. I first watched that movie when I was like 12. And then like, then that genre of weird just kind of became my identity. And it kind of like came be- like that I just sought that sort of bizarre and like out of the ordinary. And then, you know, like I got some taste and like it's actually not that great of a movie. It's just weird. And fantastical and funny and an action movie and, and a, a romance and all of these things, all every everything everywhere all at once. And so for me to see it this genre again as an adult in a literal, and I'm just going to spoil my score, in a literal perfect movie, like I just... I feel like I'm resonating with a younger self, but like giving my giving myself like, okay, here is the grown up version of what your favorite movie was. And it's actually a perfect film at this point. Yeah, it's and um, like I said, I saw it three times. I'm going again on Friday. I'm going to see it a fourth time. I'm going to watch it. as often as I can for the entire rest of my life. Yeah, I would say this is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I for can't now. think. I I can't think of a I can't think of a movie right now off the top of my head that I enjoy and resonate with and felt so many emotions about. I can't think of another movie. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. Yup. I love that we just saw a movie that is now Carson's favorite movie of all time. We saw it for the podcast. We're talking about it on the podcast. Yes. Damn. And you know, in the past, if we had seen a favorite movie of all time, we would have just had to sit there after like silently, like hopefully someone else (laughs) out there likes it, not get to talk about it. (laughs) For me, I don't know that it's my all time greatest, but I do know this. On my list of favorites, mm-hmm. two of those films, yeah, Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yeah, deal I, with. I, I knew you were going to say those two. Okay, <laughs> go on. Deal with that theme that I discussed of like, shit sucks, but it can be worth it, and they deal with just themes of like humanity and yeah. like in arrival it's you know she has the daughter with cancer knowing she's gonna die of cancer but she's like it's worth it to have this daughter mm-hmm. for 16 years or however old she gets to live mm-hmm. even though it's tragic and in blade runner 2049 ryan gosling have you seen it in a while i don't want to spoil it uh, uh no but go ahead go ahead ryan gosling um is a replicant he's a robot and he thinks he comes to believe that he's a human and his whole life is recontextualized. And then he relearns that he's not a human and that he is a replicant. And then his life is re recontextualized and he's okay with it. He's okay that he's not a human because his life was still worth it basically. And this film deals with a similar theme. So it's definitely up there for me 
I can't decide if it's the greatest of all time for me, but I do know that it is a 10 out of 10 easily. Easily. 10 out of 10. Um, One thing that I didn't say. One final thought. Mm-hmm. I love that it's a female lead. I, oh. I, I want to say if there was a if it was a male lead if this was a man playing, like if Wayman was the main character I don't think I would have, I don't think it would have been perfect for me. What? A, why not? Um, because I don't care to hear a man's story anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the most extreme. Of course, it's like, and I'm not gonna be right ever again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think. Ooh, I haven't thought about it if it was a dude. I just think it, there's something to it, especially being an immigrant story. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole layer on top of being a woman. Mm-hmm. A mo- it's a it's a mother and daughter story. At the end of the day, for me, yeah. it's, a, it's a mother and daughter story. That's like the strongest theme. That's what I resonate with the most. Yeah, it, and- couldn't, be a, it couldn't be a dude. Yeah. Um, and they nailed it. Okay, <laughs> let's quickly discuss... Rakakuni. <laughs> okay. And tonight, before the dessert course, we present for your pleasure the traditional cheese trolley. To start, we have an excellent clochette, creamy, very nice, very light. Next, a brebi, hearty, with a surprising bite, I think you'll find. And finally, the pièce de résistance, a very special, very well. This is me. I think it's apparent that I need to rethink my life a little bit. I can't help myself. I, I like good food, okay? And good food is, is hard for a rat to find. It wouldn't be so hard to find if you weren't so picky. I don't want to eat garbage, Dad. Oh. <laughs> what is that? I don't really know. You don't know, huh. and you're eating it. You know, if you can sort of muscle your way past the gag reflex, all kinds of food possibilities open up. This is what I'm talking about. I don't think any of this would have come up, but we happen to live in Paris, France. And it's so easy to find good food in Paris. It's just dangerous. Gotta rethink your life. He's right, you know. Let it go, Dad! Annie, hit me with some facts. All right. 2007, directed by Brad Bird, starring Patton Oswalt, Brad Garrett, Lou Romano, and Ian Holm. I just discovered Bilbo is the voice of the evil chef. Oh. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's streaming on Disney Disney Plus. I forgot to get the description for some reason, but you guys should know this. There's There's a little rat who wants to be a chef, and there's an heir to this big famous parisian restaurant who can't cook they team up the rat controls the chef with his hair and hijinks ensue this is 
for me, this ranks up there on the Pixar scale, but it's not like cream of the crop. It's not the best, but it is good. Um, I had seen this recently and I rewatched it. I mean, again, for the pod. I don't know. It. I like it. Um, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I didn't love this one because <laughs> two reasons mm-hmm. in 2007 me. Linguini annoyed the shit out of me. I don't know why as a kid I was like, he's just going like, whoa, 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 all the time. Mm -hmm. He's just, get your shit together, Linguini. Yeah, right. As a kid, I was so annoyed. I also (laughs) didn't like. That's so funny. I literally, it's so funny. I could like watching it now. I can hear lines where I was like, oh God, he's so annoying. (laughs) Second thing I didn't like was how Remy was being used by his family. Oh yeah. And eventually like turned on linguini uh because of his family's bad influence as a kid that like crushed me so it was i didn't love it as a kid i like it a lot more now what about you um i remember really liking it whenever it first came out of course i think i i i mean yeah this ranks pretty high i think for me for Pixar, um, watching it now, I kind of, I'm going to pose the same question. Okay. I guess two things. I, I sort of have two qualms here. Um, the first question is what, what is the central theme? Is it family? Is it like. It's every, anyone can cook, AKA anyone can do anything. I see. You can do whatever you set your mind to. Yeah, like even a rat can cook and even you can do whatever it is. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I like that. Um <laughs> You're like, "All right, I'll take it." <laughs> um my the second thing is what did what did what's her name see in Linguini? The most annoying character ever written. What what where? Come on. Come on. You know what? He wasn't a toxic dude. He wasn't a toxic masculinity ass dude. Okay. She needed a soft man. A soft boy. Uh, a soft boy. You know, two scenes in this movie I really love. Mm-hmm. The first is when Remy first cooks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's very satisfying. Like, he's he's messing with the soup that Linguini ruins, and he's like... Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. It's just a very cute scene. And then, like, the camera whips around and Linguini's watching. Uh-huh. That's a good, good scene. Really good Second scene. Second scene that I love, love, love. Like, these both are 10 out of 10s for me, this scenes, is when Ego, the food critic, eats the ratatouille and, like, zooms back into being a child. Oh, yeah. When, when his mom makes him ratatouille after he, like, skins his knee. That like glimpse into a villain's backstory at the moment of the climax is iconic. It Mm -hmm. is iconic in film and like they will pull this scene up in film school Mm -hmm. sort of deal. Yeah. And it's great. It's great every time. Yeah. I like this movie. It's easy to watch. It's easy to digest. I mean, obviously it's a kid's movie, but I think it's like, um, to me, it's sort of like a story of, perseverance and i think i also read like a lot of family in it very similar to everything everywhere 
Um, like with Remy's family? Yeah, with Remy's family. But then also like Linguini kind of being lost and like not really having anyone and then discovering this family in the kitchen and also mm-hmm. like discovering his biological dad and sort of like finding a sense of belonging, which I don't think he had before. And I, I like that. It's really sweet. This is like a really sweet and sincere movie. I also just really fucking like French people. <laughs> I feel like I was born incorrectly <laughs> there's another version of you out there i should have been born french He's parisian <laughs> um yeah i like this this film has like a lot of kissing for a kid's movie i was like well there's a lot of kissing in this uh-huh. and there's like guns weirdly gus pointed out that brad bird likes using guns for dramatic effect like um like when the two the couples are it, they're fighting at gunpoint and then they just start making out. I thought that was hilarious. And then in The Incredibles, which is my favorite Pixar, also by Brad Bird, when like Dax is outrunning the machine gun bullets. Oh, yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, mm-hmm. But this one isn't like a tearjerker at all, I no. don't think. Uh-uh. No. Compared to the other Pixar films. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just compared to everything everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah no um, i don't think it reached those highs at all the sound design of this film very good though yeah it's really, i was like all about the sound design it's really pretty like it's yeah like how do you describe that in a sound it's pretty it feels so good yeah it like i don't know it's just really good yeah when you notice that means it's like uh-huh excellent Anyway, Ratatouille. This is more of a bit we knew we wanted to talk about everything everywhere all at once for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to score it. Okay, hit me. I'll, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Dang, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give it a seven. All right, score movie Maven score for Ratatouille seven and a half out of ten. Movie Maven score for everything everywhere all at once ten out of ten. Go see it. It's our one of our favorite movies. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's a it's a mandatory viewing. If you're a fan of movie mavens and you don't watch this movie, you're a fake fan. I'm just <sighs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Tell me if I should take my mom to see this movie and tell me before it's out of theaters because there's no way I can get her to watch this at home. It has to be in theaters. Yes. I say pull the trigger. Do it. Go for it. Yes. I'll try. Yeah. I think you should. I think, you know what? I had a really satisfying moment with my mom about this movie. I think that you should also have the same moment. You deserve that. I do. Uh, I do, I do. Annie, what are we watching next week? Oh, shit. It's our it's our raunchy episode. It's episode 69. Ne- yes. We don't know what those movies are just yet, but they're going to be tangentially related to sex. I thought we did. I thought the people voted. Are we... Do we decide on both of those? Yeah, let's just do it. All right. I think next it's... week's spicy double feature uh-huh. is Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. And Call Me by Your Name. I'm excited. I watched Eyes Wide Shut for the Shining episode just because I was like in a oh. silly, goofy Kubrick mood. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then that sounds like a tumblr post (laughs) (laughs) um but i've never seen uh call me by your name i've never seen either 
Dang. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. Okay, cool. Fun. Okay, so tune in next week for our raunchy episode, episode 69. We're going to be watching Eyes Wide Shut and Call Me By Your Name. In the meantime, um, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Send us a screenshot of that five-star review. And guess what, baby? We're going to send you a free Movie Maven sticker. Okay, the one and only. Uh, send that to our Twitter at Movie Mavens Pod, where also we put up polls where you can vote on the double features that we do. Um, follow us on Instagram at Movie Mavens, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, follow us there too, so that you can get notified when we put out new episodes every Monday. All right, everybody, that's it. Movie Mavens out.